Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Political Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Congress is back in session this week, and House Republicans are kicking off ESG month. Over the next few weeks, GOP lawmakers will be holding hearings and votes to scrutinize ESG investing, which stands for Environmental, Social, and Corporate Governance. It's a strategy for corporations to integrate climate and social goals into their business plans. But GOP lawmakers have attacked it in recent months as part of their war on, quote, woke capitalism. So today, Politico's Zach Warmbrod breaks down what the GOP is trying to achieve and why attacking ESG investing is a delicate Wall Street and climate issue for House Republicans. It's Tuesday, July 11th. So Republicans on the the House Financial Services Committee are really hyping this up. They've branded it ESG month, but it's more of an anti-ESG month. It's going to consist of six hearings that are going to culminate with a vote on a bunch of bills at the very end. And what are they trying to achieve? Why is this such a focus? So if you're paying attention at all to Republican politics, you probably picked up on a trend, you know, where figures like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and others are taking this more and more of a populist approach to big business. And it's usually framed around a conflict over some kind of cultural issue or a societal issue, you know, some kind of stance that a large company is making on the environment or diversity or whatever that Republican politicians want to challenge. So this is in some ways an outgrowth of that. But the way this committee, House Financial Services, is really targeting it is that they're looking at the mechanisms in which publicly traded companies, so companies who have shares traded on a stock exchange, how their operations are influenced by all kinds of advocates using the the shareholder voting process. Because if you own shares in a public company, you actually have a vote in terms of how it's run. And so the, the Republicans on House Financial Services, and that's a committee that oversees all kinds of Wall Street issues. So banking, the stock market, crypto, The message they're trying to get across is they want to make it harder for companies to be forced to take what they would call political stances. Interesting. So would you say that represents a concession by Republicans to kind of narrow their focus? And if so, what do you think explains that? So I think it's important to look at, you know, the Republicans who are on that committee and just how they've generally approached these issues over the years. Like I mentioned, it's kind of Wall Street's go-to committee. This is a committee that has a big say in how financial institutions are regulated or deregulated. And so historically, you know, it's held a lot of sway with these members, especially Republicans who often, you know, naturally push for lighter touch rules. And so you kind of see that seeping into this agenda a bit. There's less of a willingness to take big swings at these firms and to rather promote policies by like going after these proxy advisory firms that are putting pressure on some of the management of these publicly traded companies and put less pressure on companies to make changes in terms of how they invest or in fossil fuels or the extent to which they feel like they have to prioritize 
diversity issues. And also the, the, the chairman of the committee, uh, Patrick McHenry, while he used to be one of the most notable bomb throwers on the right, he's actually, you know, become kind of uh, Wall Street's go-to source of stability in a very dysfunctional house. He, you know, helped Kevin McCarthy get across the finish line to become speaker and kind of he helped resolve the debt ceiling issue. And so if you look at him, like he's actually someone who is a lot more attuned to the concerns of major financial institutions and frankly has just never shown a lot of interest in really using his, you know, chairmanship to prioritize kind of these big culture war issues. And little known fact, he's actually a Republican who has told us he thinks climate change is real. And, and that some of the risks from it need to be addressed. And he even caught some flack from Tucker Carlson and some other conservative advocates early this year because he actually kept diversity and inclusion issues under the jurisdiction of his subcommittees, which sounds pretty wonky. But in kind of the bigger climate that we're talking about here, that's something that gets attention on the right. Got it. So, yeah, given you know, what you just outlined there. I mean, it does seem like this is a delicate dance for Republicans, given their historical closeness to Wall Street and their concerns on ESG and how those might run into conflict. We see Democrats pointing out that potential conflict and kind of their response to this effort. So how do you see Republicans managing that? Yeah, I think I think a delicate dance is really what it is, because I think there are Republicans on that committee who would frankly just rather tell the regulators what to do than tell the executive of a business, because I think there are still many who who believe in free markets and are not that eager to tell companies what they can and can't sell to their customers. But but at the same time, you have this pressure from a kind of a growing pocket in the party that really wants to lean in to these populist attacks on major corporations and particularly big asset managers and big banks. So that's kind of how I see someone like Chairman Patrick McHenry trying to balance all this. Like he knows he needs to address these concerns that a lot of his members have, even though he may not be in total agreement that they just need to do a really intense barrage on these these companies. And if you look at, you know, just last week, it was House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan who sent a series of letters to these big money managers basically accusing them of colluding and violating antitrust laws potentially by taking any kind of position on climate or joining climate-related industry groups. And that's just not something you're probably going to see come out of the Financial Services Committee. Also, last week was the hottest ever recorded across the world, and an oncoming El Nino is likely to keep upward pressure on global temperatures. That's what the World Meteorological Organization, a United Nations agency, announced on Monday. The group also noted that global average surface temperatures were not the only records broken last week. Sea surface temperatures also hit, quote, unprecedented highs, and an Arctic sea ice coverage is at a record low. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company.
Chevron is developing renewable diesel made with biofeedstock that can help reduce the life cycle carbon emissions of heavy-duty transport fuels today. Learn more at chevron.com.